Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 39. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in. We are almost at 40 episodes. Holy moly, that is so amazing. I just want to thank all of you guys that tune in every single week, that support the show, that enjoy it. Thank you so much. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful for your support, and I'm so happy to be almost at 50 episodes now. We're getting really close. It's been almost a year that I've been doing this podcast, so it's been such an amazing journey, and it is truly only the beginning. So that being said, today, it's just me again. I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about intuitive eating And my experience with intuitive eating, what my sort of history of my relationship with food has been like, some of the diets that I've done, and what I've kind of just learned as I've gone about my way. So if you are interested in learning about intuitive eating, seeing if it might be the right kind of fit for you, or you're just curious in general, you don't even really know what it is and you'd love to hear more, then be sure to stay tuned. Today, we're going to be diving into intuitive eating. But before we do that, I have a new little segment that I'm thinking about putting in, and that is advice slash questions from you guys, the listeners, the viewers that you give me. And I'm going to try to answer a couple of them in each episode at the start. So I'm going to share a few of them that I've gotten today. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at I'm Haley Noel. Um, that's where I'll be collecting these questions where you guys can send your questions in and where I will respond to them. So First one here, Julia asks, what do you do to keep mental health healthy? That's, um, that's a pretty loaded question, but I will go ahead and share with you some of my you know, tips that I've used, things that I have found along my way to keep mental health healthy. I think that with any transformation, if you're trying to undergo a physical transformation or you're try- trying to just maintain a place of balance, your mindset is really where everything begins. The mind is the center of it all, right? Our mind sort of dictates our experience. Our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions are going to dictate our experience. So whatever we can do to elevate that, whatever we can do to to really connect with ourselves, to be at home with ourselves, I think is super powerful and super transformative. So my first suggestion would be to journal. Journaling is something that has completely transformed my life. It's helped me work through my feelings, my thoughts, um, and it allows you to, to kind of look back on you know certain points of your life and see how far you've come, what you were experiencing, what you were feeling at that time. Journaling is so powerful. You really only need five to 10 minutes a day to do it. I do it pretty much every single morning. Sometimes I don't fit it in, but it just takes five to 10 minutes. You can jot down however you're feeling. There's really no... Um, you know, formula to it. There's no one size fits all, right? So some mornings I'll talk about how I'm feeling, whatever's on my mind, or if I have a really prominent dream that I think might have some symbolism in it, I'll write down my dream. Um, I've been having super vivid dreams lately, by the way. That's a whole other tangent. But journaling, I think, is so significant in helping you kind of work through what you're feeling. And that can sort of translate and slip over into the realm of shadow work as well, right? I talked about integrating my shadow in the last episode and how um, being sober has helped me do that. So um, journaling has been a huge part of that process, right? Working through your feelings and sometimes just like verbalizing them, right? Putting a pen to paper and having them out in front of you can help you face them rather than running away from them. Because I know I totally used to be the kind of person that would just bury stuff down and really kind of just pretend it wasn't there until it just reared its ugly head at a point that was a little bit too late. So I think journaling is a really great way to to keep track of your mental health, to stay mentally healthy. 
meditation. Meditation has had a profound impact on my life. It has absolutely transformed my life in so many different ways. It's super easy to do. You don't need any experience. It's basically just connecting with your breathing and becoming aware of your breathing and really rooting yourself in the present moment. It's also just a great grounding exercise, I think, in general. It sort of takes away the the worry of the future or the dwelling on the past and you just come back to your breath. And if you do that again, these things are like five, 10 minutes a day that you can do that can help you stay balanced, stay centered. I've said this many times before, meditation is one of the best ways that I've been able to cope with dealing with the ebbs and flows of life. So being a little less reactionary, a little bit more okay with change, with going with the flow, it's really helped me in that sense. Um, And you can find guided meditations on YouTube. I use the app Calm. I swear by it all the time. I'm not sponsored by them, although I wish that I was. Calm, if you're listening, please sponsor me. Um, But yeah, meditation has been huge. And those are just some things that you can do on your own, right, Um, for yourself. You know, obviously surround yourself with a group of friends, people, uh, family that you can rely on, that you can have to support you. And if you really feel that you're struggling with something, then uh, definitely seek help. You know, that's that's something else to consider. But I'm just sharing with you from a spiritual perspective, from a self-care perspective of the things that you can do for yourself, right? Every single day, the small little mundane things that we can do that are going to contribute to our health. So that is our listener question for this week. Um, So Julie, I hope I answered that for you guys. Again, if you're interested in having your question answered on the show, please follow me on Instagram at I'm Haley Noel and drop me a message and I will let you know if you'll be featured in an upcoming episode. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive into today's topic, which is intuitive eating. So In the fitness community, there's, you know, so many different things that swirl around in terms of what's the best fit for us, right? You've got people preaching that keto is the best thing. You've got people saying veganism, low carb, high carb, low fat, high fat. Um, There's just this slew of information out there and it can become extremely overwhelming, extremely bombarding. Um, And it's really hard to find your way, right? It's really hard when you see all of these different voices of authority, right, telling you to do one thing and then somebody else will tell you to do something completely different. So today we're going to look at intuitive eating, which I feel like is um, probably out of everything that I have encountered, the most mindful approach to eating. So I'm going to share with you guys what my understanding of intuitive eating is. So I think the biggest thing that appeals to me about intuitive eating, it's that it's really a rejection of diet culture. Um, I don't believe in diets. I think fad diets are horrible. Um, they do a great deal of metabolic damage. If you guys want me to do a, a whole other you know, topic on crash diets, I actually did an episode, now that I'm thinking about it, um, a while ago on crash diets, the dangers of them. And I dive into all of the crash diets that I've done in my life and what I had experienced with those. If you're interested, I'll try to see if I can leave a link to that. But Essentially, intuitive eating rejects the notion of diet culture. It's a holistic view of your diet and how it connects to your entire state of being. So I think the thing that appeals to me the most about intuitive eating is that um, it's viewing food not from a restrictive standpoint, not from just a fuel standpoint, but from the view or the perspective of having food enhance your entire being, right? So I think a lot of times diet coincides with the mindset of restriction, the mindset of scarcity, the mindset of lack, that we feel like we need to be um, in a caloric deficit, right? To lose weight or we need to do this, we need to do that. 
foods are labeled as bad in certain diets, right? And it's kind of just this um, this guilt mindset that gets um, funneled into our into our psyche, into our state of being when we're following some of these crash diets or even just some of these diets in general that promote that sense of scarcity, that sense of lack. Um, and intuitive eating is really the opposite of that. So the, the simplest way that I would say it is, you know, it's really becoming aware of how certain foods feel for you and gaining an intuitive understanding of how your body reacts to certain foods, how you truly feel, you know, as you're eating, what you are truly feeling as though you need. So a big thing for that has been, I just want to preface this, uh, you know, before I get too far into it, that I am someone that did crash diets um, back when I was in high school, and I totally trashed my metabolism with them. Um, I'll just tell you now, if you want to watch the full episode on them, again, the link will be in the description, but I had done the the three-day military diet that was um, also, I think, called the Birmingham Cardiac Diet, and it was super restrictive. It was like I think it was 800 calories a day or something, and I dropped a lot of weight in a very short amount of time, but I experienced a lot of metabolic damage from that because I totally wrecked my metabolism, and when I started eating normally after that, you know, the weight just came back on and then some, you know, even faster, so I think that's something else important to keep in mind is that these crash diets, they might seem like something that's a quick fix, they might seem like something that's going to get you to your goal, but You've got to ask yourself, you know, at what cost? You know, it's it's really going to do a lot of metabolic damage for you in the long term when really from the start you could have just had a more healthier, holistic approach to your diet, your nutrition, and it would have benefited you better in the long run. So again, I do have experience with crash diets. Um, I also used to be somebody that would track my food. You know, I have a Fitbit. I used um, my fitness pal, stuff like that to, to track And it was good for a while, but I found that I, for me, was getting a little bit obsessive with the numbers. Um, I tend to be a real perfectionist with a lot of these kinds of things like numbers and where I'm at and goals and whatnot. And I just felt that for my mental health, it wasn't the best for me to be tracking all of my macros, all of my calories every single day. So I took a step away from that. And I'm here to tell you guys this because it's from my my own trial and error. I think it's great to track at least for a short amount of time just to kind of see where you net out, especially if you're the kind of person that likes to eat the same kinds of things every day, which I, you know, am a creature of habits. So I kind of am quite familiar now with where I'm usually going to be ballpark estimate wise of where I net out. And again, that's just come from experience of... Um, of figuring out what works for me, what feels good for me, and um, and what few foods really fuel me. So to go into that a little bit more, um, it's becoming aware, honestly, of how your body reacts to, to the certain foods that you're eating. So let's say for breakfast one day you're like, all right, I'm going to make a bowl of oatmeal. I'm going to have oatmeal with a little bit of peanut butter and some banana in it. And it's delicious. You know, it's really tasty. And afterwards you're like okay it's been about 45 minutes I'm already hungry again like that was a good breakfast it was nutritious it was balanced but here I am feeling hungry oatmeal might work for some person and I'm sharing this because it's my experience oatmeal for me guys straight up does not hold me I know that so many people love eating oatmeal for breakfast um you know sprucing it up however they want with like protein or um, fruit, but I have never been someone that has felt satiated from oatmeal. It just does not work for me. So you compare that with what I usually have for breakfast, um, which is a protein smoothie, which the satiety for that for me is 
tenfold of what it would have been from a bowl of oatmeal. And that's the kind of thing that's just like the trial and error, right? Is listening to your body after you eat and understanding, okay, this makes me feel full. This makes me feel fired up, fueled without feeling sluggish. Um, and that's what I've I've kind of figured out through intuitive eating is, okay, it's allowed me to really take a step back and see how am I truly feeling from the food, from the fuel that I am providing my body with and gaining that understanding, gaining that perspective. Another big part of this for me was realizing that I had a sensitivity to gluten. Um, a few years ago, I just kind of had this you know, intuitive sense. I hate to use the word intuitive again, um, but this inner sense that, you know, maybe gluten was a problem for me. Um, it had, I had a slew of, you know, I was bloated, just a bunch of, you know, um, intestinal issues from that. And I was bloated. I also had terrible, um, throat pain all the time. Like my esophagus, I had like chronic laryngitis and I wasn't really sure what was causing it. Um, lo and behold, I eliminated gluten from my diet and within a month, all of my symptoms had gone away. And it wasn't the kind of thing that, you know, was like a, a placebo effect. I truly do believe that because I've had gluten in the in the meantime since then. That was like over three years ago that I had found that out. And um, I'll have gluten in something that I didn't even think had gluten in it. And I'll be like, okay, I need to go look at that label because I'm pretty sure there was something in that that didn't agree with me. And lo and behold, boom, I look at the label and there it is. There's gluten, there's wheat, there's something in it that coincides. So that again is that intuitive understanding of I've figured out what works for me. I've figured out what holds me back, what feels good, what doesn't. Um, And again, it's a much more holistic approach. So Moving into the next kind of thing, too, I I think a lot of times in diet culture, we get caught up in the idea that, you know, even if you're hungry, you got to just stick to the plan, you know, don't eat out of your feeding window. I know sometimes people try to do intermittent fasting, and that's totally fine if it works for you, but a big part of intuitive eating, too, is honoring your hunger. Like, eat when you're hungry, right? We are meant to fuel our bodies. Hunger is a primal response, right? If your body is saying to you that you are hungry, you are feeling hungry, that means that you need to be putting fuel back into the car. We can't drive from point A to point B on like a quarter tank of gas when we need half a tank to get there, right? So if you're feeling super hungry, you've got to honor that. I think the other thing going off of that too is that, you know, When we let that hunger go for quite a while, you know, a really long time, then we're hangry. Then we just, you know, we'll go into the store. We'll say, oh, screw it. I'm just going to get like a big fat bowl of chipotle with cheese dipping sauce and chips and whatever on the side. And then we wind up totally blowing what would have otherwise been a healthy eating day had we just honored the hunger that we felt earlier on. So again, hunger is a biological trigger. It's a biological cue to you that you need to get fuel back into your body. So honor your hunger. It doesn't mean you have to go crazy with a big meal, but have something. You know, it's okay to honor your body. And I think it's more than okay. I think it's something that we really should be preaching and practicing, especially in the fitness space. You know, as somebody who's in this realm, we need to make it clear to people that honoring your hunger is a huge part of your journey of your relationship with food, of of honoring your vessel. You know, I always I always like to think of it as it's your entire state of being. So another thing that kind of goes off of that for me is, you know, eliminating the guilt that we feel from food. So 
this is another sort of like mindset inner game switch. And it, it really just comes down to your perspective of we've been so led to believe and so conditioned that that certain foods are guilty, right? There's guilt foods, there's guilt free snacks, there's bad foods, there's good foods. Um, and let's let's just look at it from a, a, a bigger picture, right? Obviously, there's foods that aren't quite as good for you as others. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that French fries are healthy for you, you know, compared to, I don't know, say like broccoli or something like that's that's pretty self-explanatory that French fries aren't good for you. But what I'm saying here is that we are humans. We are meant to enjoy our food. It's meant to be more than fuel. It's meant to be an experience. You think about how important food is in so many cultures around the world it's it's an experience it's a pleasure it's a part of our lives we weren't meant to just you know miserably chomp on a stack of kale and say cool I'm ready to go work out now like that's not how it works we are meant to also enjoy our food so thinking about that perspective of you know eliminating the guilt from the equation we should not be carrying around guilt um, and I think that that's something that's really important and that I have found with intuitive eating is I will allow myself to enjoy if I'm at a Thanksgiving table and I've planned for it, I'm going to freaking enjoy the mashed potatoes. I'm going to have a big ass plate of food and I'm going to enjoy every single bite of it and I'm not going to feel guilty for it because it's not our job to feel guilty when we have allowed ourselves and when we've made the space to have those moments to to celebrate and to to have fun you know it's okay and understand that you know you'll get back on track the next meal that's not the end all be all right like think about how silly it would be for someone to have a thanksgiving dinner and then just be like okay well now my whole my whole diet plan's shot i might as well just eat this every single day now like no that's not how it works factor it into your food schedule, right? Make space for it. You can make the space to have those things that you enjoy and then you get on track again the next day. I think a huge part of intuitive eating as well is just that mindset switch of eliminating the guilt factor that we associate with with some foods. So that's been a huge part of it too. And you know, just from a whole holistic standpoint, just understanding your body more. Um, I know for me, I still struggle with this sometimes is I will eat beyond the point of when I'm full just because something like tastes really good. I'll be like, I'm just going to keep going. And then the next thing I know, I'm like stuffed and I feel kind of sluggish afterwards. But if you are mindful of your food, if you're mindful of that experience as you're eating, you'll have a better opportunity to really sit back and say, okay, I'm full now. Like I feel satisfied. I feel energized. I've enjoyed what I've eaten and I'm ready to go. And that really just comes down to being present while you're eating. I think that's a huge part of it too. It's something that I also struggle with. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every meal I'm super immensely present at, but slow down, right? Make time to enjoy the meal that you've prepared for yourself. I know that sometimes some of us are in a time crunch, so that might not be quite as easy, but like connect your five senses to it. Like, what do you see on your plate? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? How does it feel when you're chewing it? Like, just connect yourself to that experience and allow yourself to really feel it. Um, I almost think intuitive eating kind of is like, you know, connecting with your breathing, right? It's connecting with the food on such a holistic level, on such an overwhelmingly um, higher level, right, than just if we were to just diet. Um, it's really understanding what you're putting in your body, how it makes you feel, how it fuels you up, and just, um, you know, really listening and listening to what feels good for you, what works for you and what doesn't. You know, another thing too is a lot of these big diets out there, 
and no offense to anybody that doesn't use these, but like keto, let's say, or um, what's another one? We got keto is really big right now. Veganism is obviously also really big. So what understand too, that nutrition is not something that is one size fits all. Keto might work great for one person and that might be their optimal state of being. They might feel amazing um, living in that state. Somebody else who's a vegan, that might be like their prime diet. They may feel so fulfilled and so energized eating that. Um, but you might try that, right? You might try vegan or keto and say, this does not work for me. I don't feel satiated. I don't feel satisfied. I do not feel energized by what I'm eating. So it really just comes down to figuring out what works for you, listening to your body, respecting it. If something's not working, then that's okay. Then you move on and you try to find something else. Um, but again, looking at your food and your relationship with food as an entire being, I think is so important. And I, I really think that nowadays so many people um, just focus on food as fuel. And I think we need to think of food as more than fuel because it's such an integral part of our culture, our society. And it's something that's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be savored. It's meant to be fun. And it's meant to be good, right? Um, I think that that is so important. So if you're listening to this and you you feel like you resonate with a lot of this, that's awesome. You know, my advice would always be to find someone if you're on some sort of a journey that you have some sort of specific goal, like find a coach that can um, that can work with you through this kind of stuff. Find somebody that can make a meal plan that fits into your specific lifestyle, your specific needs, because again, Fitness, nutrition, they are not one size fits all. Again, what works for me may not work for you. Intuitive eating is great for me, but it might be not the best for you if you don't have uh, so much guidance, you know, earlier on to figure out what does and does not work. But I just wanted to share with you guys, you know, my experience, again, coming from someone that's done plenty of crash diets in my time. I've tried the quick fixes. I've tried, I've tried being vegan. I've tried a bunch of other stuff. Um, and I've just found that, you know, through... First examining some of my macros and then figuring out what feels good for me, what doesn't. I really found a sweet spot for myself um, of maintenance at the moment. I'm thinking about switching up my goals, maybe doing a little bit of a cut. I'm not really too sure, um, but I kind of just got to see where we go. But yeah, guys, intuitive eating, I would highly recommend, you know, looking into it a little bit more. And even if you're not fully interested in, you know, diving down the rabbit hole of maybe working with somebody to help you figure out your nutrition goals, just be more mindful of what you're eating. Just, you know, honor your hunger, right? Honor when you're full. Think about how you feel after you're eating certain foods. And maybe even keep a little bit of a journal, like write it down and say, oh, you know, I had... um I had a sandwich for lunch and I felt really sluggish afterwards. Or the next day you say, I had grilled chicken and vegetables and rice for lunch and I actually felt energized. So little things like that, you start to see, okay, these are the foods that make me feel energized. These are the foods that make me feel full without feeling sluggish. And these are the foods that didn't hold me quite too long. These are the foods that I didn't really like. Um, and then you just start to kind of see where you net out and become aware of that. Become in tune with your body, connect with your body, connect with how you're feeling and enjoy the food that you're eating. I think that at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. No matter what your goals are, no matter where you're trying to go, it is okay. It is your birthright to enjoy the food that you're eating. All right. 
If you guys enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave a review, a rating over on Apple Podcasts. You can also support the show in the link below so that I can keep delivering you some amazing content, amazing guests that come onto the show. Your support means the absolute world to me and it really helps us out. So again, it helps that algorithm if you drop me a review over on Apple Podcasts. Um, and you subscribe on all listening platforms. Again, I am so grateful for you all. I hope you have the most amazing day, week, month, year, and I will see you next time. Bye, guys.